0: It's my line. Okay. That is my line. Um, it's just I'm so excited. I you, jumped the gun. I was going to steal your line, and then you you stole my line and then took your own line. And yeah. Now I have no intro for the Max and Tony show.
1: Yeah, just a bastard. I you am, took my hey, you know? hey. Yeah, well, that'll cost about 20 grand worth of therapy. My father took my line in the podcast. The, the hey, hey. <laughs> So we have a special guest. And yeah, he's on his way
0: here. He is not here yet, but he will be arriving. So,
1: And for my money, honest to God, the greatest living saxophone player, uh, Frank Catalano. We have talked about him many times on the show. We've played his oh, music. Oh, I thought we were
0: getting Bill Clinton. <laughs>
1: Damn really.
2: it. Yeah, no, he does yeah, rock yeah. the sacks, doesn't
1: he? Yeah, <laughs> what an asshole. You know, the more, the more I think of Bill Clinton, the less I like him. Yeah. Honest to yeah. God, NAFTA, three strikes three law, strikes. war on drugs. More people of color incarcerated than at any other time since slavery. Yeah. Thank you, Bill Clinton, you fucking idiot. It's an interesting intro because yeah. it took it took a turn i just wanted to make a, a, a joke we were talking about the saxophone and then all of a sudden i went into a clinton hatred mode the monologue yeah um yeah i mean you know the, the politics you get to my age you don't have the luxury son of not having them you know what i mean because it affects the real world that you live in you know what i mean oh 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 does so it? But let's talk more about Frank um, Catalano. Uh, okay, <laughs> who yes. you know what? Who plays his late night set at the Green Mill at two in the morning, like mm-hmm. every Wednesday night? Yeah, I used to be able to go and catch a show like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, by that time of night, I've been asleep for six hours. Uh, but I mean, that's that's late for that's
0: late for. Anybody for anybody? Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty hard to do, and he
1: does that pretty consistently. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, he's not a young man. Yeah, and well, he's not old either. He's not our age. You know, I mean, he's but even at my uh, my age, I don't. That's my age.
2: I mean, really, that that's your age. Forty. Wait, what year is it? You're forty-eight. I'm forty-seven. I'm 27. <laughs> okay. 72. I was born in 72. Right. I'm 27, and that's tiring. That's tiring. <coughs> that's tiring yeah. Yeah. Two a, in the morning?
0: A 20 a 22-year-old me would have said that's tiring.
1: Yeah. Um, but he, he plays that shift, mm-hmm. you know, religiously. It's awesome. And
2: uh, You got to pay your $5 to get in up there, but, boy, nobody shushes you like they do at the Green Mill. Yeah, yeah. but I'll tell you what. It's also
1: the yeah. best, according to Pitt, Pe- Pendulant and Mike Jones, it is the greatest jazz room in America.
2: It's, I mean, you cannot deny (coughs) the history. (coughs) You okay there, buddy? Yeah. We'll mark that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, uh, uh, no, it's a gorgeous room. It's beautiful. And the history, you know, Capone Mm -hmm. having... His booth there and the tunnels underneath, underneath there that lead yeah. to the. You ever been down the there? Revi- I have you? Yeah. Yeah. Gemolo showed me years ago. I saw it on WTTW. Man, it's cool. What do they, I yeah. mean, it's what do extensive. I
1: mean, they go. To, they used to go all the way across the street and then down to a hotel. Uh huh. And came up in a hotel. Right.
2: Whatever. What yeah, but was... it still goes to the Riviera mm-hmm. and it still goes. So it does go under the... It goes south, Yeah. but it used to go across... Is that Broadway or Clark? Clark. Clark. Broadway. Broadway. Mm -hmm. It used to go across Broadway into the hotel, yeah. And
1: then across Lawrence as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Whatever happened to his vault, his vault, there was was nothing in there,
1: (laughs) right? Herobo like, basically worked everybody in the nation, uh, worked their stick one night (laughs) for two hours... And uh, there was nothing in there except a Were couple you, of empty did, bourbon bottles. But yeah. you
0: guys tuned in.
1: Hell, yes, I was yeah. b- riveted. I was yeah. working at, I was tending
2: bar, and everybody had to see it, had to watch Glued to the television, Glued to I'm it. sure, yeah. The yeah. coolest thing that happened is he shot a Tommy gun. That was it. Yeah. That was oh. the and, and thing he's, he's
1: holding the gun and going, it's hot, it's hot. Meaning, <laughs> like, it's like, fuck you, Geraldo. You know, it's like... <laughs> Another bad mustache masquerading as a journalist.
2: He has quite a mustache. Is yeah. there a
1: bad mustache? He's a Fox News guy now. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he's gone all the way over to the dark side. Hmm. Um, hmm. Who would win in a fight, him or
0: uh, the Walsh guy from America's Most Wanted? I think
1: Walsh would kick yeah. the shit out of him. i go with Walsh, too. Yeah. Okay. I what agree. was that guy's name, Walsh? The kid's name was Adam. Adam,
2: right. Yeah. Adam's
1: Law. Um, I don't know. Walsh has actually done some good in his life, you know. Well, he had
0: that messed up thing happen. It isn't the whole reason he's the host of
1: America's Most Wanted
0: is he's had that horrible murdered, thing happen and, to his yeah. son. Uh,
2: yeah. Kidnapped him. Uh,
1: and he caught a whole shitload of uh, really, really bad guys. I mean, Walsh yeah. did some good.
0: Wait, what? Am, am I wrong? I, I feel like I remember this from the podcast. Was Walsh's son's murderer linked to the guy who was inspired to be
1: uh, Otis Tool? Yeah, Otis really? Tool. I think okay. he did it. The guy who was the uh, the his his buddy partner of movie. Henry Lee Lucas, a yeah. real life guy. Um, they think that the the murder of Adam Walsh was attributable to him. Really? Okay. But I anyway, remember this. I, I wish I knew what Walsh's first name was.
0: I keep saying John.
1: Yeah. John Walsh. John might be right. I'll look it up. Yeah. I know it's not Joe Walsh. Yeah. He's in the Eagles. <laughs> uh, or he's a shitty congressman. Or, yeah, yeah. Or was a congressman. What, well, he kept popping up lately, and
0: I was like, Joe Walsh. I go, why does everybody it's hate John. This? It's John. I was like, why John, does everybody hate this guy?
2: John Edward Walsh Jr. Uh,
1: yeah, John Walsh, yeah. Yeah. Who who did a lot of good. I mean yeah. he caught a lot of bad guys, a lot of really bad guys. But then started that whole uh that whole reality TV of like to catch a pedophile and show. No, like that, that was that, right? Chris Hansen. But oh, this, no no but I mean he was the one who kicked off that that genre. Oh yeah. 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 I got I got to you know? be
0: honest, I got a real kick out of that that uh the Chris
1: Hansen Oh the catching a the pedophile show just oh, walking in the room yeah. go,
2: what were you thinking? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know. What were you
1: doing? <laughs> well,
2: but in the crazy thing, in, didn't Chris Hansen get busted for like pedo- I, like I think, or I swear
0: I heard that, but that sounds way too no. I think crazy it really to be true. Let's but yeah, look it I up think...
1: before we actually say it. Yeah, that's fucking before, way actionable. Before, before Frank know? comes here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. But but that show. You remember we had an exchange student over Javier. Yeah, but, and that's the only show he wanted to watch. He was like, "No, fascinated he liked by it.
0: he liked that. He and liked Scarface. Scarface, like the video game we had. Yeah, yeah." To the point where he like took this over a kid who would go my on, own game, and he and he
1: played it constantly. This is a kid who, to play a pickup game of basketball, would wear a jacket, a sweater, a sweater, and uh,
3: street Jeans.
1: shoes. Yeah ironed jeans and street shoes <laughs> not street shoes like you know like uh, fancy shoes
0: leather shoes, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so we're while we're waiting for frank catalano um yeah. uh i'm i'm doing again the next album cover for frank i've mm-hmm. done five of them so yeah. far and yeah. uh And done live at the Green Mill. And he's going to do another record live at the Green Mill. And Mm -hmm. we to do a word piece for that. So I've enjoyed uh, doing these because
2: I'm such a fan of the guy. Okay. I think just to go back to Chris Hansen. Yeah. Apparently no pedophilia. Yeah. I thought I heard that song. Yeah, I did too. No, But he he, he got busted for writing bad checks this, this year in January. Okay. Like thirteen thousand dollars worth of bad checks, but well, that doesn't make him a yeah. bad person. I've done that. Oh yeah, I've, know. <laughs> I've written a bad check. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I think that was a right place, right time rumor when when that when that
2: dropped. Yeah, or maybe he got it. Maybe he was um, accused of it. And yeah, then, and I, then I, I, I remember that. I remember. I remember being like, yeah. "What?" That would be sorry, hard. Chris Hansen. No, I, I yeah. apologize for uh, calling you out as a. <laughs> Pedophile. Yeah.
1: In fact, maybe let's
2: strike that. Okay. You know? um, yeah. I don't think Chris that people gonna. Yeah.
1: No. But believe me, if it goes on the internet,
2: will he, he know, will hear it. Well, he know.
1: Well, I mean, if he listens, Huey's to the whole, on the podcast today. Huey's joining us. You if know. he listens to the whole
0: episode, he'll know that we did not actually uh accuse him of being one yeah
1: no they never listen to the whole episode they just listen they just listen to the uh the part where that, you, yeah. you say yeah he's a weenie wagger you know it's like <laughs> you know no he likes this,
2: chasing little kids yeah
1: no yeah uh, no he was he not, offended he was not accused of that he was accused accused of running bum checks and hey
2: haven't we all
0: yeah no i haven't you, well, You've never written he,
2: a bad check? You've probably never had a in. I've never had to really write checks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, everything I is
1: electronic.
2: What's the kind you wrote to a check?
1: actually pay? You know, I don't really write them so yeah. much anymore. I yeah. never you write know, checks I mean, anymore. I mean, here and there to transfer stuff in the bank, but. Yeah. I do that all yeah. on my phone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can do, you know, you can do with Venmo and. Uh, yeah. 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 I yeah. like Benmo. Huey, I check like ketchup. it
2: in. He just wants to go outside.
1: No, maybe we put him. Uh, maybe we should let him keep Yulia company. I, I'm fine with let that. Let him amuse Yulia. All right. Yeah, there we go. Oh, let's make that noise a lot. <laughs> so, Matt, that was loud. Come on, Huey. Um, let's talk it about. It Looks like the Blackhawks are gonna. Should
0: we get a quick
1: episode in before Frank? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. But the Hawks are like Black Hawks. a few games from making the wild card. Yeah, I mean, who'd have thought of, at the beginning of the year they they gonged our dear friend Joel Joe? Yeah, that's that. I was about to say,
0: I think that's a little it's a bittersweet feeling for, for that yeah, to be happening, I mean, you know, it's like for awesome. me, more
1: bitter than sweet. It's, I mean, yeah, it, it, same. It's like, I, I still think they fucked up. I still think they should have not fired Joel Quinville. Yeah. It's, it's amazing but, that but they're winning and on the, this streak, but yeah, yeah. At, at, at the expense but hats of off to the young man who had the most Joel. thankless job, uh, ever of taking over for the greatest coach in the history of the NHL.
0: Joel yeah, Quainville. he
1: seems to be finding
0: a new offense. That's yeah. what I've been hearing. And, What's his and talking name? About. I don't even know his name. I don't know. Who are we talking about? That shows what. A coach. Fair, oh,
1: I am a fair they, weather. They went from the house to this the penthouse. Really? Already? They're going to make the wild
0: card they, probably. If they if no they keep, If they keep yeah. winning a certain yeah. amount of games. So yeah. wait,
2: but they had such a. I mean, the coach that they had. Took him to the finals. Qu- yeah, and-
0: Quinville, yeah, Quinville. Yeah. Quenville, Our Yeah, pal, he got our fired. Good fired friend mid-season. Joe Quenville, who and he, we know well. Yeah. And
2: who,
1: who he's got, not mm. only took him to the finals, he's got three cups. Yeah. Yeah. He's got three Stanley Cup rings and one with Colorado. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You so, you know, I mean, uh, maybe the greatest coach in the history of the NHL. And
0: you was know, it just a personality
2: thing, you think? I, I mean? have no
0: idea. I think I, a lot of, yeah, I think a lot of things. I'm sure, I'm sure it was like personality and then, um, yeah, I, I think, I mean, so years, of, guy, years of years uh, of of winning games like that's one thing, yeah, but years of like having the
1: same coach, I'm sure you get sick of the same voice yeah, in your head. So, but you know, hockey fans have an enlarged sense of entitlement when it comes to winning all kinds of championships. You know, um, and I'm I'm was very sad to see Joel Koivu go. But hats off to this young guy who turned, it appears that he's turned them around. Yeah. You know? Um, and I'll tell you, you know, the uh, um, the beginning of the season, they uh, they couldn't drop a dime in the toilet, you know? Frank Cotolano. Hey, how's it going? <sighs> How are you, sir? I,
3: I, my butt is sore because I've been in the car for so long. I... I'm happy to be watching.
1: Uh, likely, and- likely story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm butt sore. I don't want to know about that, Frank. You know? <laughs> I know you're off till five in the morning playing your saxophone.
3: That was fun at the Green Mill, last <laughs> yeah. Time. Yeah, I don't usually get home till probably yeah six six thirty a.m. Well, I got that a text from then. you yeah. at
1: like five thirty in the morning. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I got up for my old man piss, you know, and uh, <laughs> there was a text from Frank, you know, and I, that I was very happy to get. By the way, yeah,
3: that was that but, was good. Um, I, yeah. I was just leaving, basically. So that's
1: crazy. How long have you been doing that late night set? I mean, you've been doing it for. 10
3: years, as far I, as I know, right? I think longer, because I've been playing at the Green Mill since I was a teenager, and I want to say maybe 2004 or five. I started doing those late Wednesdays, so almost 15 years, I would oh say. Oh, my gosh. Damn. And I was in my late 20s at the time, and it made a lot of sense. Okay, now, <laughs> how, how
1: many, how many Drambuies do you have while you're playing the show?
3: Well, you know, I definitely have one or two before, and uh-huh. I have one or two after, and I try not to drink too much while I'm playing, but if I sneak one in while I'm playing, that never hurts. Nice, you're a real jazz man. (laughs) Come on, you know. know, Roy Uh, Haynes
1: used to keep a little little glass of Hennessy right next to him, you know. And if somebody spilled it, man, it was hell to pay. I bet. Yeah. Don't mess
3: with it. Last
1: last week on uh, the internet, somebody published the most iconic jazz photograph I've ever seen. It was. Bird, Mingus, Roy Haynes, and Thelonious Monk. The quartet that is the Mount Rushmore mm-hmm. of jazz, you know. And uh, wow, I, I kind of got chills just looking at it. Yeah, I mean, that's like, doesn't get better than that. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Amen. Um, Frank
0: Catalano is in the
1: building. <laughs> yes, he is. The world's greatest living saxophone player is with us. And, and max you're you're kind of a jazz guy, I mean you yeah like jazz. yeah no
0: yeah i wanted I did want to talk about this there was a there was a part where I got into jazz kind of all by myself. I usually pick my movies out through or blah, my music out through like movies and like soundtracks and stuff like that, and there was a movie that came out uh, in two thousand four called American Splendor about harvey Picar the yeah. uh the comic book character or the, like is a character.
1: misanthrope. Basically he makes him
0: he, he writes these uh comic books about himself and he makes himself the central yeah, character. Yeah, yeah, Robert
1: Crumb. and Robert Crumb
0: found these It had one um, of the greatest one of the greatest soundtracks, you know. Yeah, and that's yeah. and that's what I'm getting to. The soundtrack to this movie was awesome. It had um John Coltrane, uh, Miles Davis, uh Dizzy Gillespie, really, yeah. um all these names that really introduced me to these you know these like jazz cuts that were just uh, just epic, and uh I just I bought that album, and then my dad was like, "This is my favorite Miles Davis album." He goes, "If you're gonna get into jazz, he goes, you got to start at." would oh, you get you know... Bitches Brew, dude? No, actually, that was the one you wanted to get me. And then you're like, they don't have it. He goes, all right, Birth of the Cool it is. Well, okay. it, so we started <laughs> there. Right, but, can't but, go wrong there. But it, was, but it was those two. It was that soundtrack in that album that really got me into that. Absolutely. That, that was all. Miles was
1: you know, yeah. a, a, a visionary. Here's a couple more names that you would find fascinating. Louis Belson and Buddy Rich, because those mm-hmm. are the two veteran jazz men that discovered him yeah, when he was about 13. Yeah, I wanted I to ask about that.
3: Definitely uh, very lucky, and especially because Louis Belson lived a lot longer uh, than Buddy Rich did. And Louie was able, like, into my teenage years to really help me out and hire me for a lot of things. He wrote the liner notes to my first Delmark record, Cut It Whoa. Out, which were extra cool. Mm-hmm. He would send me birthday cards every year. I saved all of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like... The nicest guy in the whole world. Wasn't Louis Belson married to... um, He was married to Pearl Bailey. Yeah. And then Pearl Bailey had just passed away about the time that I met Louis. And his uh, wife after Pearl was named Francine. And she was very cool and always very nice. Yeah, he was a a legendary guy. I mean, he he goes back to the time
1: of Lena Horne. I mean...
3: Invented the double bass drum. So, like, all yeah. the rock dudes that are using yeah. double bass drums really need to thank, you know, Louis Bellson for being the first person. Like, in Duke Ellington's yeah. band, the old footage from the 40s, like, him on this big, like, platter, kind of, like, spinning around. He's uh-huh. playing with the two huge uh, bass drums. I mean, it was impressive. I, I, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall
1: seeing you talking to Buddy Rich, because the Buddy Rich story's out there are hysterical
3: i've heard some of those meanest meanest
1: guy in jazz you know
3: i've heard those and it's just kind of like there's the famous uh uh interview where louis belson you know and and buddy rich were kind of like the two top dudes in the 40s and 50s and whatnot and somebody asked buddy rich about louis belson and mentioned the two bass drums and i guess the, it's kind of comical, but he gave a really mean response, and and it was something to the effect of, well, you think he'd learn how to play one bass drum before he started acting. <laughs> so just, everyone knew Ooh. that. He used to dress Jim Krupa, too. Yeah, that's,
1: I mean... You know, him and Krupa fucking hated each other.
0: That's so what I heard. Is the jazz scene really, it's a really, it's a tough scene, it seems. I mean, it, or... I
3: think this was more unique to just Buddy Rich being such, like, a a character. Okay. And, okay. and I find that awesome and endearing like i've never once thought of him negatively because he says some of these things i find it funny and the fact that we're talking yeah. about it many 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 oh many, man many, <laughs> you know there's a there's famous joke there's that famous
1: joke where you know the day after buddy rich dies the phone rings and his wife picks up the phone and the guy says hey is buddy around and she goes no I'm, I'm i guess you haven't heard uh buddy passed away Oh, okay. You know, hangs up. Next day, the phone rings. She goes, Hello. Yeah, yeah, let me talk to Buddy, will you? She goes, You know, I imagine you're probably still in in shock uh, at the news that Buddy has passed away and yeah, Buddy died. Oh, okay. Third day goes by, phone rings. Hey, uh, let, let me talk to Buddy, will you? And she goes, sir, you know, this is getting downright <laughs> cruel. You've called three days in a row, and three days in a row I've told you that Buddy died. Uh, what, what's your issue? He goes, ah, honestly, i just like to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> you know? this was a big joke with jazz guys for a long <laughs> yeah. time. And, you know, I'd seen Buddy Rich in interviews, and he was a really feisty guy. Oh, yeah. I mean, and... He would he would step outside with anybody. He was also like a tough guy, you know. Um, but honestly, one of the most astonishing drummers. Oh yeah. In the history of the the instrument, um,
3: what, what, how did he talk to you? I mean, he was friendly to me, but I was so young, and he didn't. I don't think. And he was, It was at the end of his life, basically. Yeah. I, he had you know much mellowed out, but still was. You know, full of piss and vinegar and fiery. Yeah. Even as a seventy-year-old who had had a lot of health issues and other things, he was still. I mean, he he like never stopped smoking, did he? You know, I didn't. I didn't really see that, and my mom <laughs> was there because I really was so young. Uh Maybe he was just trying to be gentlemanly, because that's the other side about somebody like a Buddy Rich is that maybe we talk about, we see the side that's the more fiery and more yeah. kind of. You know, that side. But, you know, he definitely was a really nice guy as well. And, uh, you know... Well, he he certainly helped a
1: lot of guys. I mean, the the guys who passed through his bands were legendary. And a lot of those
3: guys who made those tapes, you know, they recorded them without him knowing he was being recorded. And they're kind of legendary now. You know, in a way, I think people would get mad and then they, you know, quit the band or get fired and they storm off. But everybody, whether they got fired or whatever, anybody who... Got to play with him, you know. Owes him like a lot of thanks at the very least. Because a probably made I, him better. I guarantee you, they all have Buddy Rich's name on their resume. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, yeah. so it's like how he's, about, he's you know, kind
1: of like the, the Rosetta Stone of that that period from the '40s on up through the '80s. I mean, I mean, there's my favorite him, Roy Haynes. I mean, who else can you think of that?
3: I would have to say Buddy Rich, though, above and beyond all the people that we're talking about, um, had his own thing going because he's he's a household name. Like if you go down the street, people might not even like jazz, but they've at least heard the name Buddy Rich. Mm -hmm. And and, I mean, between leading big bands, but like small groups, there's a there's a recording where he
1: was Carson's favorite drummer.
3: I mean... So he was always on Johnny Carson. Okay. I mean, technically, just I don't think anybody could really compare, but he did a recording with Lester Young and Nat King Cole on piano as a trio that is just mind-blowing. Wow. Nat King Cole is playing the piano and was an amazing piano player. Most people know him as a singer, but he is an amazing piano player. And Lester Young, one of the best saxophone players of Amen, all time. I, one of my most favorite for sure. And he influenced all the people like Von Freeman who influenced me. Like, that's the, the start. But, you know, Buddy Rich playing drums on that. And there was no bass. Uh, Nat King Cole's kind of playing the bass lines with his left hand and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so for everyone to be that solid, like, you could just, like, hear Buddy Rich playing, whether it was brushes or whether it was, you know, keeping time or solos. Like, you know... There's no way you couldn't always feel the time and the pulse. Like I mean, it, it's just it's just amazing. And then I think I think that recording is from the early '40s. Wow! I'd have to double check, but yeah. um, so I would definitely say, kind of '30s, '40s on. Buddy Rich, mm-hmm. you know, was leading the show for sure.
1: You know, you, you also mentioned uh, Lester Young. There's that gorgeous recording of Lester Young and Billie Holiday. Oh yeah, and that that kind of. Death Cycle song that Loverman mm-hmm. um, that for me is like uh, indelible. I mean, it's amazing. It's the reason yeah. I started wearing a pork pie hat. Really, Lester Young, yeah. yeah. Um, throughout the show, we're going to be dropping in uh, a lot of Frank Catalano because cool. uh, I
3: have all the records. <laughs> so, <you know>. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what's yeah. coming up? Well, um, we've got. Next month, um, my residency at Birdland Jazz Club in New York continues. So we have four shows there. That'll be really fun, and then a little Midwest tour with my friend Mike Clark, who uh, was the drummer for Herbie Hancock's Headhunters for a long time, and on the, all those famous '70s uh, albums that most people yeah. have, and you know, uh, are pretty iconic, you know, jazz albums. So looking forward to that. Were you
1: a fan of, uh, were you a Herbie Hancock fan, Herbie Hancock, Chick Corea, those guys?
3: I've always liked, you know, Herbie Hancock. I've always liked Chick Corea, but I never got into his stuff for whatever reason, quite to the same level as I did Herbie Hancock. And I don't know why, because they're the two... Iconic and maybe Keith yeah, Jarrett the throughout three the 70s, miles yeah. The 70s, those, those were yeah. the guys, yeah. Uh, but I think I always liked Herbie Hancock A, being a, a native Chicagoan, but also having kind of a, a funkier swagger to a lot of his stuff, yeah. Um, as you with, can tell,
1: he listened to a lot of like uh funk and, and oh, and, totally, yeah. You know, you can tell that a lot of like Sly and the Family Stone that that kind of groove that yeah. kind of song kind of
3: crept into uh um uh, Herbie, you yep. know. Uh, and in the the cool thing, at least in my opinion, is I think 1960 is when his first Blue Note album came out, and he had, like, you know, you could already hear, you know, Watermelon Man, Cantaloupe Island, those types of songs that I think he wrote, like, if it was recorded in 1960, he probably wrote them in 1959, I'm guessing, yeah. like just before, and they are funky and stuff, so it actually predates... You know, the stuff we're talking about like Sly and Family Stone by a decade. So yeah. I have to think of anything, he was a uh, Herbie was a big influence on all these the, other people that created They Probably amazing all stuff. hurt each other. Exactly. Yeah. So it's to me it's that's pretty special and amazing in its in its own right. Right on.
0: Frank, I remember uh seeing the first album cover that my dad did for you and I I got a vinyl of it. How did that all come about? How did how did you guys meet? How did this collaboration
1: I warned them off an the apartment? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I,
3: I think you and Sona were just about to move in together. I yeah, I think we um uh, we had been dating for a little bit and um uh we're moving in together. Um and it was actually she was looking for an apartment for her uh, office yeah and, and you were like don't
1: the one right next door to us do you remember when all the insane gypsies <laughs> were there on damon yeah I, when i had big cat maybe, there yeah um there was a whole building of out of their mind crazy gypsies they would just go out and steal shit all day you know and um above Firecat? no next door the building okay. right to my right. Yeah, it would but be also, the garden to the apartment, though, uh, was was always for rent because it was always flooding mm-hmm. every time it rained. I mean, you'd be knee deep in turds and shit. Yeah. You know? yeah. So they were looking <laughs> at that for I think for a business for some yeah, travel exactly. business, right? Yep. And uh, we had met through our mutual friend Tanya, and I, I'd seen you a couple of times at Andy's. Yep, Mm -hmm. and I'd seen you in the neighborhood, and I I I always wanted to roll up on you and say hi, but I was (laughs) I I thought you know he's a jazz guy, man. He's kind of two; those guys are cool, you know. (laughs) And um, so then we met, and we became very fast friends. And uh, uh, luckily, he told me he was re-recording the Love Supreme sessions. Mm, Yeah, Percy Jones
3: yeah that was uh, at least for me um it kind of happened. I don't wanna say accidentally because uh i I had it thought out, but you never know how something's gonna turn out until it's done yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we kept kind of changing stuff around and adding things, so it even though the majority of the the stuff was recorded in about a week's time. Uh, with my buddy Mouse up in Real Sounds, and it was mostly me, Percy Jones, and Jimmy Chamberlain as the the three uh, main people. kind I mean, that's a legendary
1: there. session.
3: Oh, it's, I you mean, know? well, the original Love Supreme, uh, I had just been in that bad ca- uh, car accident, and my wrist, you know, was so just ruined, you know, um, I was not in a great mental place, and I was listening to a lot of Coltrane and especially Love Supreme. And mm-hmm. I didn't want to, you know, re record it because that's like redoing the Mona Lisa. Yeah, I didn't mean Monica to say re record it. I, mean, I meant
1: an homage. Definitely. Or a, yeah. yeah.
3: And that's, and so the songs are, are different, but I kept the same general vibe and, you know, uh, idea. And then, of course, you know, Tony's awesome, you know, artwork is what, you know, to me, uh, made my little rendition of. Uh, Love supreme, you know, so special, and even in its own right, people always, you know, comment on it musically to me. But then, of course, you know, with Tony's artwork, um, people comment. Yeah, we've
1: had we've had a really f- fruitful collaboration. It's been a yeah. lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, um, I've so enjoyed it's, it.
0: Yeah, I mean,
1: and there's. <laughs> And there's there's gonna be there's gonna be a new one, obviously. And then yeah, I, the saddest music on Chicago Avenue is gonna become yeah, the next it's album amazing. Cover.
0: Right on, so yeah. So pumped. Yeah,
1: I I mean,
0: what I I hate saying this sometimes because I feel like it's like there's no real explanation for it. But your your music is very Chicago. I don't know how to explain that. But there's like when sometimes when I'm listening to it. I, I you agree. Know, you could go on the CTA and go on like the elevated train and and see the city, and I feel like your music would provide a perfect soundtrack for that. It, is, do you it's feel very that often way, or I'm, do you very feel like
1: <laughs> when I'm drawing things about Chicago, the yeah. the thing I'm hearing in my head is yeah, know, his his songs. Well, you know, even I mean?
0: when we use a song to wrap up, you know, <clears throat> yeah. you know, our show or something, it, it's just very
1: or when i hear him play I, I, play the new order song you know level terrace apart I, I mean it's like yeah it's not a new order song anymore it's a yeah. frank catalano song you know <laughs> <Yeah>. it's like
0: <laughs> yeah um does chicago does chicago do you feel chicago influences y- your music in any way or do you feel like it has no choice because you've lived here for so long mm-hmm.
3: and no, I mean, that's that's a great way to put it. It's kind of all of the above. Like when I was mentioning Kirby yeah. Hancock before being a native Chicagoan, Amen. there's a certain something there. Mm-hmm. I feel like with me growing up in Chicago and just feeling the vibe of the city, it gets inside of you. Plus, mm-hmm. plus the nice thing is that Chicago is such an amazing city as far as having so many different types of art and music and everything going on. You know, you you're exposed to blues, you're exposed to jazz, you're exposed to your country. If you want you're exposed. You know, you're also exposed to the
1: best of it. You know, exactly. Green Mill, the best jazz room in, in it, America. It's amazing.
3: Yeah. I love it so much. Um, you <clears throat> know, buddy guys, you know? uh,
1: roses, you know, it, blues and jazz here are our are, are primary languages. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not, uh, you know as many now great rock bands as we have and as many amazing hip-hop acts as we have mm-hmm. you know the the k- kind of cradle of the, the the of chicago music was this language between the jazz community and the blues community and mm-hmm. the gospel community yep. you know yeah um that was really the crucible that chicago
3: music was born and lives in
1: mm-hmm.
3: you know so cool. And you know what, like, you know, I'm playing in, you know, Paris at the Sunside Club where I play it all the time and they always say Chicago saxophone is Frank Catalano. Yeah. I'm in New York all the time now playing and I could consider myself a New York saxophone player. I could could I could consider myself a Chicago nah. saxophone I could consider myself <laughs> just a saxophone player, but they always say Chicago saxophone is, And I just think it's something that I feel very honored and fortunate about because... Yeah. You know why? Why try to be something you're not? I'm a native Chicagoan. Re- regardless of if I if I move to somewhere, you know, in the middle of South America, I'm still going to be a Chicagoan. You mm-hmm. know, so it, it so and it seeps into it you. It doesn't wash off. Man. It does not you wash know? off. It's yeah. like yeah, <laughs> it is, no, it is not a press <clears throat> at all. tattoo. <laughs>
1: yeah. I kind of I, that's kind of what I'm happiest about about being in chicago is that it doesn't wash up it's uh as angry as i get at this city and i get very angry at it um i mean i think to, to really understand chicago in your heart you got to hate it a little bit for the absolute uh, bottomless cruelty that happens and you know all over the city yeah the the political indifference, the uh, the political uh, corruption—that is just so thick,
3: there, you you can't see around it. And and I think unfortunately, because stuff has gotten in some ways so just uncool. Even though the city is my favorite city in the whole world, yeah. there's parts about it that have just you know gotten uncool to a point where it kind of makes me sad, and I yeah. don't and I don't know. I, I don't know if like I've this. Hit,
1: the, this Lincoln Yards horse shit. Oh my that's God, a, that's gonna be horrible. They're about to drop 55 acres of fucking Schomburg in
3: the middle of It's the, gonna be mm-hmm. horrible. Yeah, and um, and you already kind of uh feel that to an extent. I mean, on, on my street alone, there's been two shootings over the last week. They don't yeah. like, on our neighborhood, too. You know, I mean, I mean yeah, and like people in, in other cities they think you're kind of like crazy or or that you're like making it up or that you're living in a really horrible neighborhood. I'm like, no, it's Mm -hmm. a wonderful neighborhood. I love it, but it's just, yeah. They're going
1: to go back to saying what they said years ago. Oh, Chicago bang, bang, you know,
3: that's what they used to say. I
1: think they're already kind of saying that. Well, and then for a while, Jordan's getting old. (laughs) It was was Chicago, Michael Jordan, you know, that's, and I was much happier. Yeah. Uh, but the first time I ever went to Paris was 1990, and it was oh uh, Chicago, Al Capone, bang bang, rat tat tat, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, it, we're yeah, we're becoming uh, the city of gun, become the city of gunfire, you know. Yeah,
3: I'm just, <clears throat> I'm just hoping and I'm optimistic that it can get, uh, you know, corrected as much as. Possible. I'm, I don't expect I anything to I think as soon perfect, as the asshole but.
1: leaves office, I think there's going to be a big emphasis
3: on policing the city more adequately. I mean, this last week after these shootings was the first time I had actually see, seen a patrol car go mm-hmm. down the street since we, I can remember. And it yeah, used to be all the yeah. time. And then we never the see them in yeah.
1: East Humboldt Park. We don't ever see them. I see them until somebody's I got, laying on the I got, side i got road pulled of over on my block today I was parked i
0: didn't have my front license plate i got i got pulled over they're really? around, they're around when they want to be really yeah. yeah 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 i yeah i think i think policing is one thing i also think you know Rom did a hell of a you know job on public education and and the cps schools maybe oh, you know destroyed it let's return uh, yeah. to that Let, let's um let's get back Max, to fixing did, that an and
1: awful job
0: y- yes i know with the public schools but I, that's what i'm saying and i'm saying that i think it's a huge factor of um yeah you know the city's violence i think i i think that's huge um
1: yeah i don't think it's a- just educated people have choices uh, yeah you know yeah, I mean, uh, you know, uh, he closes 50 schools and the murder rate skyrockets. Yeah. There's a causal connection, you yeah. know? Um, you know, and, the, the, you know, Lori Lightfoot's running for mayor and she lost my vote when she said, let's turn all the uh, empty schools into police academies. It's like, no. <laughs> let's. Uh, <clears throat> turn them into after-school centers where kids can go and be off the street and get tutoring, um, yeah. get help with their studies. I mean, I've kid.
3: been volunteering for almost 20 years now at Off the Street Club in Garfield Park, and I love the, the people there so much, and I love the kids so much, and it's like we need more places like that yeah. where people That's amazing, care man. and want to be there. Yeah. And, like, you know, um, I mean, we we need more people also to To be willing to maybe volunteer like one hour a week, if a bunch of people give one hour a week, You'd have a it's a great so, idea. Know, now, yeah. now, you we're know, there's this, there's this program
1: in, 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 located in Brownsville, and they work with kids primarily from the South Side called Intonation. Mm-hmm. And it's music instruction. Mm-hmm. And they give the kids access to instruments and lessons and uh, classes um John starr from Wilco is very involved with them. Uh, Joe Shanahan,
3: Chris. Keogh. I love the piece you just did for yeah. them. So I'm gonna yeah yeah mean um, check them out. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: they're having a big benefit on May 2nd, and you should you should yeah. come with us. I think yeah, I think more you know. after
0: school programs. Absolutely, and I think and I think not only that, but also present these after school programs as something that's like not. After school, like something yeah. that's like, oh, this is something you can, uh, you can do, and and it can be, it can it'll be fun, and it you know, won't have assholes. Yeah, it, know, it, it, know, it yeah, a fun place. I don't. Yeah. It, it sounds, it sounds a lot harder, or it's probably a lot harder than it's actually. Yeah,
1: you know, but you know what? Than, you get, than you what could I'm have like you could have like after school camp for like the sciences, yeah. for math, for code, for yeah. computers, for. Art, mean, art for music. Yeah, I mean, yeah, art, arts programs and and all that. Yeah, I,
0: I just, I just think sometimes kids are turned off by the idea of like, oh, this is after school program yeah. or something. This like is, it, this is like after school. Change, school, change the name know? or something. Just yeah. trick trick the kids. Is is, is, yeah, is how I go into But uh, but, I, but I can also, tell
3: you though Art Street Club because I mean I do the little bit with the music, but it's not necessarily a music place. It's it's everything and Mm -hmm. the kids love it there so much and then i'm going to check out intonation uh people's music school i'm friends with and do some stuff with and i love them so there's a lot of different music you know related wonderful programs but ought street club as far as like Learning, they might have, it might be like a roller skating one day. It might oh, right. be, mm-hmm. you know, learning how to use computers for... Yeah, Frank, I way. could it's see
1: you and me on roller skates. I, you know? I, I guarantee you that <laughs> would be I'm a... am don't for roller skating, a, yeah.
3: A disaster. <laughs> That'll happen, yeah. I think
1: it... I you, want on a hole. Hole. <laughs> you want a hole in your roller rig floor? Wait till my fat ass hits it, you know?
3: <laughs> I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no, I'm
1: not, I'm not made for roller skating or
3: skiing, you know? <laughs> um but i i you know just real quick i am glad that there are so many nice people doing stuff all the time and i don't you know what i i know we're not in any way you know uh not giving credit where credit is due to all these wonderful people doing stuff but i really do wish that a lot of people that i know instead of maybe just you know chilling out for an hour when they could use that hour for something positive yeah exactly uh, contribute you know,
1: you know, if we if we want a better city, it's going to demand our participation. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know? And uh, there are lots and lots of ways to do that. Totally. Uh, you know, be part of a cultural organization that has its doors open to people. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, it's important. You know, I mean, I don't. I don't know. I guess, uh, you know, watching uh, Emmanuel's mayoralty over the last seven years has made me incredibly jaded you know i'm hoping that either the next mayor whether it be lightfoot or preckwinkle um i think either one would be an improvement over what we've had i mean this Um, this
3: this past however many years under ROM this has been you even feel it just like yeah. walking around. People, the two yeah. Chicagos. Remember everyone used to kind of like wave or say hi. I said, I kind of waved and said hi to somebody the other day and they looked and they like I was an like antichrist. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they're just yeah. like, what are yeah. you doing trying to be friendly? You know, it's just like, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. When, in, I just remember, you know, 99% of everyone being reasonably friendly. You You would, of course, mm-hmm. have that 1% of you know, people that, you know, are not going to be... What we call know, so. career assholes. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. roM
0: Chicago yeah. has definitely opened up um a a house a for chasm. just the suburban,
1: Oh yeah, like, North Shore community. Yeah. And it's just yeah. like, yeah. Like, like, you know, well, There's... we got the river walk. We have the river walk now. Well, I did not fucking need the river walk. I was fine with the river when it was full of nothing but dead fish. You know, I mean... <laughs> You know, Riverwalk, yeah. had, we can go and... Well, it used to just all be in... <laughs> eat tacos next to the dirtiest river in America. They all used to just be in,
0: in River North, and you're just like, okay, just stay away yeah. from River North. But now it's like... Now they spread the now, assholes now they all have, over the city. They have Yelp apps, and they're like, oh, have yeah, you heard of yeah. Logan Square? Yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> I'm a Yelp influencer. You know, I heard somebody say that in a restaurant one night. And it's Oh, like, that's awful. I wanted to just take my plate and, like, throw it at their head like Objob and James Bond. Just, yeah. You know, I'm a Yelp influencer. I'm going to write well, you up. Can
0: you believe people, like, <laughs> have a reputation on Yelp and they can, like... Hey, Yelp, their fuck opinion, you, by the way, Their Yelp. opinion matters, like, about like your establishment people will take anybody, that seriously because who even reads
1: yelp is fucking idiot people do you know? there's a, there's
0: <laughs> a huge yelp
3: community
1: yeah a community of dickheads
3: yeah I, well i agree i just uh, know me and sona were eating dinner and the person next to us did not like um, their service or whatever and the first thing she said was you know i'm going to give a yelp review oh. or, and it's like so Should like people to wait too it's much so, fucking it's time like a verb, it's like a
0: verb now i'm gonna yelp you gonna,
3: yeah so yeah. it's like she's like now threatening the restaurant and i don't even i wasn't even paying attention to what she ordered or what was going on but you already know if right away somebody's like threatening you with some dumb little Review thing. Yeah. I'm going to punch him. You know? <laughs> it, it just means they're probably not a reasonable person in other ways, Yeah, too. yeah. Well, you know,
1: the best thing to do would have been to snork up a big hawker <laughs> and lay it right on her plate, you know? You know, one of those big, you know, the dregs of your lung butter. You just, mm. you know... Just hawk that shit up and just <laughs> lay a four star fucking waste on
3: her plate. That, that would definitely <laughs> put be that the, in your fucking
1: Yelp review.
3: That would be the fun route to take. I've been trying to take the high road lately, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, tell it's me not, how that works it, out. It, I'm afraid I it, yeah, It's it's uh. Uh, it's not as fun, that's for sure. And Sona said, you know, something about, yeah, the air's pretty thin up there. You know, she made a joke because last time we were in the airport, like, there was just, it, it was like every single thing that could have gone wrong <laughs> went wrong, and it's as if everyone's brain had been sucked out of their head. Like, yeah. like, how did people become so stupid so quickly, like, by just being... <laughs> the airport, in this, I mean, but it's like, people are bumping into you, it's like... You know, meaning like it was like those Weeble things. It was it would be like there was like 20,000 of those Weeble things all over instead of humans. I thought I was like in a bad like sci-fi movie. Man, <laughs> no, no, the
1: airport is the worst fucking place in the world. I mean,
3: I you had know? fractured yeah. my finger. I'm still trying to go do the gig. I'm holding my saxophone. with the, And then just like random people it's like you know i'm thinking like walking a somewhat straight line this way and maybe mm-hmm. this way. no everyone's just blah, 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 blah. and i understand yeah. you know maybe someone's in a hurry for their flight we've all been there but this is just you like, got a
1: saxophone case man you could swing that <laughs> fucking brainy the assholes you,
2: you know what i mean Oh, you
3: know what my favorite is these douchebags with the backpacks I fucking hate <laughs> backpacks. Yeah, yeah and, backpack and it'll, people. It, it'll be like a backpack that's 20 feet long Yeah, and like a tiny person. It's like, how can they even support Or you? the yeah. people who brings
1: <laughs> shit that they know is way too big for the overhead compartment. And they compartment. know it, yeah. And, they, you know, they're, they're like pounding yeah. the fuck out of and crushing no, all your totally. shit, you know.
3: They always wreck my saxophone stuff, and I, I was trying to be nice about it. I'm last, not nice and anymore. And it, 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 well, it, I never it,
1: was, but I'm... Um,
3: I try to be nice, but it's getting more difficult when other people aren't being reasonable or respectful at all. I think that's the thing. People used to show some level of respect, even if they weren't necessarily the nicest person, there was still kind of a you know, unsaid thing where you are gonna, yeah. gonna try to be cool with the other person. Yeah, yeah. And it's just people have have, have lost that. you yeah, not only that, but airplanes, you know, it was a place to go somewhere. It used to be kind of cool. You know, people used to dress oh, up no, when they no, get on. No, it. man. Now yeah. It's like flip flops and shit. It's, it's so like, fucking greyhound. I mean I wear
0: sweatpants that, because I don't want to go through the, all the metal detector yeah, stuff. So I wear I like, wear I wear sweats from yeah, time to time or warm ups, yeah. you know. I think air airport traveling is the quality of it. From what I understand, is just
1: dipped it's
0: because for
3: shit. it's just it's
0: brutal. You know, unless you're flying and
1: business class, you know. Mm-hmm. And for the movies, they fly me business class. It must be nice. It actually is. Well, I sent you back some chocolate <laughs> when we went to Paris.
0: I sent you back some chocolate for yeah. first class.
1: Yeah, you
0: must have not got it all the way in the back of the plane well, with the wing. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks to no, be no, here. no, I got <laughs> it. Thanks. You. Thanks, yeah. thanks for the chocolate. Yeah.
3: I always get the seat that doesn't go back. That's right next to the bathroom. Right. Like right. A, yeah. that, that is truly, yeah. literally the shittiest yeah. seat oh, on the yeah. plane. Like yeah. literally. And it's like, and like people have been eating like sulfur cubes or something before they get on these flights. And oh it's no like, shit! Sure. Yeah. And then like the bathroom door, it's like, good god, how did this come out of a living human? You know what <laughs> exactly. I mean? like, really? What is that? What it's the like, fuck did you I even, eat? Either? I don't even know how that could be possible. <laughs>
1: I would, I would just embarrass them. It's like, uh, you know, the minute they walk out of the bathroom when they walk Start by clapping. you, clapping. Go like this. You go, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm glad it
3: escaped. You know? <laughs> it, it, the the one though that surprised me the most is you know you see some big dude you're thinking like oh this is gonna be brutal and it's like okay you're you're thinking like this guy looks like he just like was in a chili cook-off competition exactly. or but then that one wasn't the bad one. <laughs> it was he's a, gonna it, drop a bowl it was, of gators. It was a know? very it was a very attractive petite young lady. <laughs> she comes out and I was like good god. it's yeah. like i just So I you actually, should shout
1: after. Raw diet, right? Yeah. It's, that, it's that health
3: food, yeah, yeah, it's that vegan It's that raw diet,
1: isn't it? <laughs> so Jesus vegan. I had, Christ I,
3: just had, I had mentally prepared myself for the chili cook-off guy But I hadn't done so yeah. with the For the ballerina yeah. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> whoa So Hey, yoga uh, pants <laughs>
1: Huh?
3: A little more fiber <laughs> yeah. you know? I, I don't know how the yoga pants were still intact ever. Exactly. Like You wouldn't think all the threading Probably would have just had to the hills fucking yeah. hole in them Oh you know? <laughs> <Thank> god <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, I try not
1: to, I, I I make sure that I take care of all that at home before I get on the plane. I do not do sit down jobs on the plane. I mean first uh, of all, there's no room. I mean what yeah. you know um I make sure that, you know, if I'm if I gotta drop a deuce, I, I do it before I go to the airport. You know, I don't uh
3: I understand on a long flight, you know, sometimes everyone has to. So I'm not telling people that they can't (laughs) go to the bathroom because sometimes you have to. But I just know it's like that on several occasions... And my wife and I just laugh about it because I don't know what else to do. Like, and then she'll be like, "Sweetie, your eyes are tearing up." You know, it's like, and that's not because of laughter. That's because of this rotten stench yeah. coming out of. That's because of <laughs> fucking shit fumes. You know, it's, yoga it's, pants. It, it was in just there. like, oh my god! But then, then, if you laugh about it, you know, yeah. it's funny mm-hmm. until like five minutes later when the next person goes in and does exactly. almost the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It drops
1: their fucking you know,
3: cobra. Doubles, it, it's <laughs> like double down. I mean, but yeah. I, I don't know who exactly, you know the geniuses are and i'm sure they're geniuses that design these airplanes right because, you right. know this is like Space aeronautics. I mean, this is like <laughs> high end stuff. But they can't figure out how to like you know make proper overhead compartments that yep. work well. Yeah. And they can't figure out where to place these bathrooms. Or what about that tray thing with like you know the coffee? you are not and chewing where...
1: on somebody else's shit fumes y- you. know, five, I mean, it's like, later.
3: and they need to have those carts so that they don't actually like <laughs> yeah. remove
1: your elbow. Right. As they right. Come. Oh, yeah. A lot of times yeah. I'll be finally oh, falling God. asleep,
3: had a late gig. How about making? Of, how about uh,
1: making a seat that isn't for you know tiny people uh, i mean i don't
0: know
3: or, or the, they, should the the, belt, they should make
1: they should make know? the seats beds i know they
0: already do that but they should just yeah. make i'd rather just be laying in a
1: bed on a plane yeah well so would i i would rather be getting a foot rub and so my you point know. that's my point <laughs> Have one of those drinks with a little umbrella in it or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, Air let's start. let let's man.
0: start at the beds first. Air
1: travels, you know, like, every it, once in a while you see a guy get in with a pot of, like, fucking Menudo or something, you know, or <laughs> What? a goat or a chicken, you know, it's like, what? It's like taking the Damon bus. And, I mean, <laughs> oh. flying sucks ass. I mean, particularly, like, if you go Spirit or Piedmont or fucking Southwest, you know, it's like. Is ATA still around? I don't know, but uh, they were all not. They were they were the worst. Yeah, you know, they're I'll probably not what, around. The one the one great way to fly. American Airlines business class. United business class. Well, it was on Amazon. I mean, you know.
0: Well, that's funny. I yeah. was on the same plane with you. Yeah, I wasn't. Yeah. You didn't tell me yeah. that tip.
1: Well, <laughs> you know, you weren't cast, pal. So you're, oh. you know. More money, more money. Back is in the it? rear with the gear, my brother. You know. Oh. But uh, I'll tell you what. I mean. You know, you're uh, you're a famous saxophone player. They should fly you business class
3: we, everywhere. We, I mean, we, me and Sona, at least, usually fly first class. But domestic first class still sucks. It's horrible. Really? Because, oh, it's it, it's it's it, going to hell. It's, huh? it's horrible. Alls it is a little bit bigger seat. Maybe they come around and offer you a cocktail, which seems better. But you still have to wait for everyone to get in the back. You still have to have people from the back coming, like, this is what happened. You know, I personally Oh, and they come and they shit up front. It, it, well, they didn't do that. But, I mean, I made sure to buy a first-class ticket for myself because I had my saxophone. Because the last couple of times when I did have to fly in the back, it was a nightmare getting in on the overhead. Yeah. So I'm like, okay... So then people that, you know, are in economy class, which is cool with me, but the reason why I paid more was so that I'd have a place for my saxophone. And then they come with like their backpacks, you know, like you said, like the tripe soups and menudos in a bag or whatever. And then here you go. One person truly spilt the shit all over my saxophone case. And I don't even know how airplane security or whatever let these people on with this stuff because I doubt they bought it at like a restaurant at the airport because this was like some homemade stuff. Like you I don't get it. You
1: can't get past security with liquids. I, that's what I yeah. thought. So I yeah. don't
3: know how this, whatever this was, it spilled all over the place. Maybe, maybe they like took a to-go container from you know whatever yeah. the restaurant. But whatever it was, it just Please, spilled everywhere. Give me,
1: everywhere. G- give me that, that gallon of gumbo in a go <laughs> uh, <goat laughs> container. I'm gonna eat it on the plane. I'm gonna spill it all over fucking everyone.
3: I had somebody spill their coffee on me, and it was from McDonald's. And they, and, and to be honest. Uh, you know, I can't even stand the smell of McDonald's. I stopped eating all fast foods a couple years ago. No no offense to anybody that still eats them, but I just was trying to eat more healthy. And there's oh, so many no, chemicals I'll send and them. all that. Go right ahead, you know. <laughs> so, but, well, for many years, I eat fast food all the time. Now it's like the the smell of, like, the bad oils or whatever mm-hmm. they use. Yeah. It just, like, it makes me just it's bad and I don't like it. So this person has, like, must have said, I'll take one of everything, please, in this huge bag of McDonald's. And because she had so much stuff already, she spilled her coffee on me. And I'm just like, so this is more like when I'm thinking airplane travel. And a lot of times... I
1: I say you elbow her in the head. (laughs) Boom. Fucking idiot. I, I try
3: to be nice, but it's like, I really do have to get off the plane and go do a concert. So I don't even have time to, like, really go change or whatever. Sometimes when stuff is booked you know, yeah. but you can't go play with, you know, coffee all over you and not look like a complete slob. Uh-huh. Self, right. Right. yeah. It's just, it's just, so I think the, the, that part of travel. This was early, somebody sitting next to you, right next to me, but seemed to be a nice person, but then did this, it's hot coffee. I was yeah. wearing like, you know, uh, you know, some gray pants and I had a you know, suit jacket and I really knew I was going to Land at La- 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 LaGuardia. Oh, man, Land it looks like you
1: shit in your suit. It, it was brutal.
3: So then I had to go back to my apartment, which is in Greenwich Village. I ended up like getting uh, to the gig maybe like you know 10 minutes after it started, which it was okay because people were cool, but I like to get there an hour minimum ahead of time, try out some yeah. leads, yeah. You know, chill out. So uh, this is the type of stuff where... Uh, I understand it's not the end of the world. What airline, what airline
1: did that to you?
3: You know, I don't, it was the person. It wasn't the airline, but I usually fly United or American.
1: Yeah. That's kind of your best bet. Yeah. You know? None of them are good. Damn. They just they're have just the most better, options. They're better than, yeah. you know. I used to like JetBlue because they had kind of big seats. And, but, you know, in the I, morning, if your flight's going to, if any flight's going to get bumped off the list, is Chet Blue.
3: Mm.
1: It's like, oh, okay. Which airline can we fuck over to fit our <laughs> okay, Chet Blue, fuck those guys.
3: <laughs> it sounds horrible, but it definitely happens, even if, you know, they they don't admit it. When you do fly the the smaller airlines, unfortunately, like you're saying you know, they, they don't give them the preferential treatment. So, you know, or it's one of those things where, like, we're number, like, 80th in line, Yeah. you know, to take. Yeah, we're about, number
1: 60, we're about number <laughs> 60th in line on the runway here. We're going to pull up on the tarmac. We oh, should be God. out here in about, uh, you know, 70 minutes. Yeah. So I, I remember,
3: and, you know, those in the airport they have, like, those little scooter things that beep. And they, you know, wheel people around. And it's supposed to be for people that maybe have a broken leg or, you know. I took are, them uh, after my heart surgery. And and it's that's what it's supposed to be for. Yeah. So, like, I see one the other day. It's like, you know, a bunch of, like, you know, teenagers in it. They're acting like they're, like, you know, in South Beach, you know, at spring break, like, partying <laughs> and stuff. And I'm just like, what? And then I realize, now I know why they took that thing. A, because someone let them and was willing to drive them. But B, it's like two fucking miles from where this oh, yeah. plane docked yeah. Oh, yeah. to where, you know, the, the exit is. So yeah. I'm just like, obviously none of them had any physical impairments. Like, they could have totally yeah. walked, but they just happened to know, and I was the idiot, that it was that ridiculously far. So that's another thing with being on planes, especially, uh, you know, airlines that don't have as good of a situation or as many flights or aren't as big, because it seems like they get oh, the Christ, crappiest. I took,
1: I, took, mm-hmm. I took a flight to New York... Uh, Weekend before last. And they were like, well, you're in Terminal E. What the fuck is Terminal E? It's a new one, right? It's in fucking East Jesus. (laughs) It's a a mile and a quarter away. I have a Fitbit because it measures my heartbeat, and I'd like to make sure it keeps beating. Mm. And uh, damn, man, I, I had over... 3,000 steps to get to the terminal. That's a mile. Yep. You know? I mean, uh, it was crazy. Yep.
3: You know, I I was shocked.
1: And again, if they're
3: going to be this way... okay but maybe like warn people or let yeah. them know especially like sometimes we would try to fly with like my mother-in-law who unfortunately passed away a couple of years ago but she wasn't able to to walk well you know had lupus and whatnot but she was you know always determined and willing to do stuff and i always respected that so much about her well they have but, those but, guys who will wheel you to the i mean you know it, i think if something is truly a mile away there should be a little thing somewhere on your ticket or your e-ticket. should be like yeah. a tram, it, 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 you know? It, it should say this is very far at the very least so people, you know, don't get uh, hung up or caught off guard. Or, yeah. You know.
1: So, buddy, when's your next gig here in Chicago?
3: Well, I, I'm going to definitely keep doing as many of the late-night green mills as possible, but I always say to people, uh, call ahead on Wednesdays because many times I'm just not there. So, you know, those for sure are fun. Uh, this weekend coming up, and it depends on when we're, uh, the listener is listening to this. So this is uh, March 22nd and 23rd. I'm playing in House Pub in St. Charles with my buddy Jim uh, Cornelison from the Blackhawks. So that'll be fun this weekend. Um, and then, yeah, just com is my uh, website that has my schedule and stuff. So there's always tons of stuff coming yeah, up.
1: Absolutely. And do me a favor, promise me, you'll come back and talk with us again oh
3: this is so fun and you're my bro and uh max is yeah my bro and uh, it's <laughs> it's wonderful so thanks for yeah. having me well, yeah, i'll be big bro course. he could be a little I bro i think that sure, that's the time. Go. sure
1: Good. for sure for um, sure all right kid take us out yeah
3: thank you frank
1: no thank you <laughs>
0: This is Max Fitzpatrick of the Max and Tony Show. We just want to thank you guys for tuning in to our 69th episode. Sponsored by Forbidden Root Beer. Next time you're in Chicago, check out their brewery on 1746 West Chicago Avenue. Big shout out to Parkwalk Productions, home of the Max and Tony Show. Don't forget to check out Adventureland Gallery and the Dime Showroom at 1513 Northwestern. We are currently showing Nostalgia by Deal. And a lovely group show in the dime. Want to catch up on old episodes? Have any burning questions to ask Max or Tony? Go to the MaxandTonyShow.com and tune in next time for our 70th episode. It's a cool. <laughs>